Hey there, I'm Becca Campbell, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to the Little Z Sleep Podcast, where we make getting sleep help easy. If you have a newborn and you're bringing passies on the plane, which is an excellent idea, helps with the air pressure change and everything, and it's obviously going to help your newborn sleep on the plane, those passies are going to be all over the airplane floor, the airport floor. So bring wipes to sanitize those. It's so gross. Sanitizing your tray table, anything that baby's going to be touching is helpful. So definitely pack. Yes. (laughs) Sanitizing all the wipes. And it's so, they do give you some. Hey everybody, this podcast, we are getting into airplane travel tips. It's been quite a while since we actually discussed what this could be like for your family. And I have a lot of trips under our belt. Our team has a lot of trips under us and we have some great tips to share with you guys. Hey parents, if you have a little one under five, this quick message is just for you. If you love listening to this podcast, I'd love to invite you to also check out my podcast, Feeding Toddlers Made Easy. I'm Casey Barnes, registered dietitian nutritionist and creator of the Mama Knows Nutrition community. When you're feeding your little one, a hundred different questions pop up along the way and I'm here to answer them all. And those times you feel like you're failing because they don't want to eat anything you make and they could survive off of crackers and juice alone, I've got you. I've been there too. So let's get through it together. Feeding them is an important job and you are doing so great. Let's just make it easier now. Just search for Feeding Toddlers Made Easy in your podcast app and follow along. Or come say hi on Instagram at Mama Knows Nutrition. That's M-A-M-A Knows Nutrition. We're breaking this podcast down into what to do and how to prep before your airplane trip things to consider during the travel day, and then recovery from the airplane travel day. So we're going to get to all of this, and we have some awesome tips and really hacks to help you guys out. So definitely take what you need and let us know what else you would add to this as well. So, okay, Sarah Leach is joining me today because I know that listening to a list of tips is not a fun thing to do. So if we can go back and forth and share our experiences, I think this is going to be a good thing. So welcome, Sarah. Glad you're here. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Everyone's getting back into travel, I feel like, now that we're kind of through the worst of this COVID thing and we're able to get back out and take vacations and go see family that maybe we haven't seen in a long time. And so I know for a lot of people, we just totally missed the like flying with a baby um, days. But for some, we're just getting back into it. So it's, I feel like this is a great time to just do a refresh of everything that we would recommend in order to have the best travel day you can have, Um, which, you know, you can never guarantee a perfect travel day. It is what it is, but there are things you can do to make you feel more prepared for it for sure. Okay. Before we even head out on our trip, there's some things to consider as you're booking your flights, as you're getting everything ready. So first I would say personally, I, I have to have a window seat. I am someone who gets like very easily motion sick. And when I have the ability to travel with all of us, that's Chad and the girls and myself, then I'm taking the window seat and Chad takes the aisle seat and we put the girls between, or now that a lot of our flights, it's like the rows of two or three, we try to break it up so that it's two and two. 
But the aisle seats really for toddlers, that's really what's going to be where it's at. They're going to be able to stand up a little bit more, stretch a little bit more, have some space to wiggle and move around, which is so necessary. So if you can, try to book the aisle seat for the toddler so that they can stand up and have a little bit more space. Yes, you're going to have to really talk to them about keeping your arms and your legs in the aisle. I'm sorry, out of the aisle and in their zone but they are going to have that availability to stand up and get some of those wiggles out if they need to, especially if it's a long trip. If ideally you can leave and have your trip leave in the morning, I am all about this because yes, you may have to get your child up a little bit earlier to start the day and wake them up at like five instead of them getting up at seven. But if you can get them up and have that earlier morning flight, you're going to be able to get to your destination, hopefully, at, an, at a reasonable time so that you can acclimate them to their environment. So I'm all about leaving early in the morning. Some people like to leave right during a nap time or even like right at bedtime routine and they take those night flights. But honestly, I prefer just to get to my destination. That's just like my take on things. Sarah, what about you? Are you like a leave early in the morning kind of person? I'm a fly early in the morning kind of person because then you have a little bit of your day left to kind of have some recovery. So if the flight goes, you know, like your baby doesn't nap the entire time, at least when you get to that destination, they can squeeze in some kind of snooze or a super early bedtime. So I like to get where we're going, like set up the sleep space so I know that baby has a place to rest. Um, So that would be my ideal. Obviously you can't control it all of the time, but if it's an option to book morning or evening, that would be my preference for sure. A hundred percent. Now, when you're packing for your trip, you're likely going to want to pack some extra things that are going to be in your carry-on or even in your child's like personal backpack that they get to bring onto the plane. And so for me, some of the things that you should consider comfort-wise for your child to make them feel as comfortable and as confident on that airplane to maybe invite some sleep or some rest. My girls, we always let them pick one lovey or one of their stuffed animals to bring. And then we pack the others in a suitcase. So generally they take like two to maybe three buddies. And I let them bring one of them on the airplane. It's just nice to have that little cuddle like moment from home. But the other thing that we still travel with and our girls right now are six and seven years old are swaddle blankets. These things are magical. And we're going to talk about that more during the travel to travel day and how you can use them. But swaddle blankets are like that perfect, thin, lightweight blanket that are like just, you can use them for a million and one things. I'll get to that later, but pack a swaddle blanket per child, just roll it up and shove it in the bag. And then definitely some extra clothes for travel day. I vividly remember bringing Ellie to California by myself when she was 12 months old. And for some reason, I don't know, it's like first time mom thing. I thought it would be a great idea to feed her some avocado because I ordered like a salad that had avocado on it. And so I gave her some of the avocado. And as you can imagine, there's just green everywhere all over her. And I'm like, well, this was great. And I didn't have change of clothes for her. So I'm just like wiping her down with napkins, like thin airport napkins. It wasn't my most finest hour. And I'm also like wiping down the stroller with like tiny little napkins and stuff. So bring extra clothes for travel day for yourself and for your child. Because again, you never know what's going to happen. Even if there ends up being long layovers and things like that, you may just want to freshen up. So bring those comfort items for your child and bring some extra clothes for the travel day, just in case you need that. 
Yeah, that is such a good idea. Another thing that our one of our team members, Alyssa, who's flown a lot with her littles, recommended having a backseat organizer. It's called an airplane pocket. Literally goes on the back of the seat in front of you. And that way you're able to put all of your wipes, like your sanitizing wipes and your snacks that you brought for baby or for yourself, your phone, all the things that you want to be within reach um, you know, baby books, things like that, they're not going to fit in that little tiny airplane pocket on the back no. of the seat. So having one that's big enough and they make airplane tray table covers, all kinds of things. If you think that like your older baby is going to be eating off of the airplane tray or playing on it, um, all of that. So that would be a great thing to think ahead, order on Amazon and bring with you. Um, bringing headphones for yourself is a must. Um, you know, another one of our team members, Katie was saying, you're so focused on your baby when you're flying, probably because of your fear. Like, what are they going to do? Are they going to have a fit and cry? Are they going to sleep? What's going to happen? So you bring everything for them. And then sometimes you can get on the airplane and have nothing for you. And if you're lucky, your baby just conks out for the airplane ride and you're sitting there just staring at them, which is lovely, but <laughs> to have headphones and something for you to do, mm-hmm. I think would be really important to remember as well. Um, when your baby is sleeping on you and you're on the airplane and you're like, shoot, I don't have anything like to do with my hands or you're holding your baby. This is also when I would suggest non-wireless headphones. Like if you're going to watch the in-flight entertainment, you have to use a wire, but get some stuff downloaded on your phone and then use like your AirPods or something because there's like, so it's so frustrating when you have like a wire hanging all around you with your baby, like sleeping on top of you. And you're like awkwardly moving the wire out of the baby or like, oh shoot, I got to move it underneath or, you know, a wire is like the last thing you want to worry about when you're just like trying to sit there. So I just thought about that. Like, oh my gosh, I have memories of like trying to like fandangle the girls underneath yes. of me, like with a wire attached to my ears. And I'm like, just trying to like listen to my music or podcast or something. Oh, once I got AirPods, wireless headphones, I will never go back. It is so convenient. And they even make and sell on Amazon those things that attach to the seat in front of you that will hold your phone. So if you were watching something that you downloaded on your phone and listening to your AirPods, it holds it up for you because you do not have an extra hand when you have your baby on the plane. So that would be another thing that if you fly a lot might be or have a long trip might be worth investing in. Another thing that is really helpful is bring wipes for sanitizing pacifiers. If you have a newborn and you're bringing passies on the plane, which is an excellent idea, helps with that air pressure change and everything. And it's obviously going to help your newborn sleep on the plane. Those passies are going to be all over the airplane floor, the airport floor. So bring wipes to sanitize those. It's so gross. Um, And so many germs on the plane. So sanitizing your tray table, anything that baby's going to be touching is helpful. So definitely pack yes <laughs> sanitizing wipes all the wipes and sure. it's so they do give you some wipes now like when you get on the airplane they'll like hand you a little pack of wipes which is great because you can like do your little area but it's just mm-hmm. one little wipe so make sure you have enough as possible and your own obviously like I know we're all traveling with hand sanitizer these days but yeah nothing grosser than like airplane things <laughs> airport things no, absolutely. And nothing worse than getting somewhere. Where oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Okay. So now let's talk about the last part of before your trip prep. This one was like a gold for me. And this is, I think you're going to need to do this about like a week ahead of time. You can even do it earlier, but if you're leaving tomorrow, it may be too late. Um, 
Renting baby gear <laughs> was one of the best ideas that I ever heard about. So when we traveled with the girls um, a long distance, not just like, you know, to another state, which you could totally do this, but anytime we drove, we just packed it all up with us. But when we were flying and we were like, you know what? I don't really want to pack the pack and play, the car seat, like all these things. Then what we did was we would drive to the airport in our car, leave the car seats in our car. Then we'd get on the airplane. We'd fly across the country or fly to wherever we were going. And we rented from um, different websites. Like I think there's baby quib, there's rentsforbaby.com. I used rentsforbaby.com and we rented car seats. And so the person who we rented them from, she met us at the airport to give us the car seats. And then we put them inside the rental car. And then we drove over to the place that we were staying and someone else that we had rented a crib from had set up the crib in the room that we were staying in. And we had all of our gear just like ready for us. And we didn't have to worry about lugging it through the airport. So look at renting baby gear. You yeah, that's amazing. It's incredible. And you can rent, like, I know that the slumber pod folds down really small, but you can rent slumber pods. You can rent right. toys. You can rent beach toys. Like, you name it, you can rent it from rinseforbaby.com. So, yes, high, high chairs. chairs, all the things. So, look at what you could rent so that you don't have to lug it all, especially if you're traveling by yourself. Just save yourself some, some like, you know, trouble with, like, having to have all the hands. And then, honestly... If you are traveling with your partner or people who could help you, still look at doing it because you're likely going to have less fights if you travel with less stuff. <laughs> oh, so true. The poor men who have to carry everything through the airport and the women I always see traveling alone carrying everything. Yeah, renting is the way to go. And I'm lucky we right. live in an age where we can do that and not tote everything through the airport. Like I do remember my parents doing. Hey, if you are feeling frustrated with your baby's sleep because you just don't know why they are waking up all throughout the night, everything seems to be checked off. They had a full bedtime feed. Their diaper is clean. The room is comfortable and you're just really at a loss of what to do. I want to invite you to be a part of our free baby sleep course, which is called four steps to solve your baby's night wakings. Inside this course, I'm giving you an entire course worth of free information for you to put the puzzle pieces together. Each one of these steps, I'm going to give you some homework with. You're going to be able to have a better and clearer insight into why your baby is waking up. And we, our whole goal is that you're going to be able to see an improvement within just a few days for your baby's sleep. There's a reason that we offer this for free because it's so important to me that you're able as a parent to be able to discern and understand your child's needs and most importantly, their sleep, which is the foundation of their health. To get this free course for babies who are six months and up, you're going to head to littlezsleep.com slash four steps. That's the number four steps or scroll down in the show notes and get inside the four steps to solve your baby's night wakings course. This is available and free for you right now. Okay. So let's talk about the actual travel day and how to manage this. So what are some tips that we can look at? We've arrived at the airport. What do we do? Okay. Especially if you have a wiggly toddler, but even just a baby, pre-boarding the plane with your baby is not a great idea. Even though they have that pre-boarding for parents, parents with children, I would send your partner on to board the plane first, stow your luggage, 
sanitize the tray. If you bring that seat back pocket, put that up. Um, and then when you get on at the very end, your baby had more of a chance to get like all the wiggles out. Maybe you took them for one last diaper change. And then by the time you get on the plane, they're ready for a little snooze, hopefully. Um, and then you can kind of, you know, easily slide into that, like during takeoff and during landing, trying to feed baby. And maybe if you're lucky, have them fall right to sleep. That would be the ideal situation. Feeding your baby when you're taking off and when you're landing is also going to help with that air pressure change with their ears that can feel their little ears are so sensitive. So that can be a hard part of the flight for them. So yes, send your partner on first, get them to get everything set up for you. If you are traveling alone, you know, board when you feel like it's right. But if there are multiple of you, let one person be the pre-boarder and you stay with the kids and board afterward. That is a really, really helpful tip. Um, and obviously they're going to sleep on you. And, you know, this like is not, we're not trying to sleep train our baby on the airplane here. It's travel day is like a survival day, right? So if you're feeding your baby and they fall asleep and you're thinking in the back of your head, no, awake, awake, awake feeds. This is what Becca teaches. This is not for the airplane day. The airplane day is feed them, have them fall asleep on you. Absolutely. You can like enjoy those cuddles and the snuggles and try to get naps in whenever and wherever you can. It is not going to be a perfect day. And I think everyone anticipates that, knows that. Some people get it. Some people, your baby is so well-trained that it's like, oh, it's 930. It's time for me to close my eyes. But the nap might yeah. be shorter than you're it's used gonna to. Happen. So all of those things are a-okay, right? Yeah, it's going to happen. Oh my gosh. It's just when you think like, yeah, I've got the perfect setup. My baby knows everything. They know like when to sleep. Our schedule's rock solid. Then it's always like, oh, now we're going to travel. And things do get thrown out the window on a travel day. And they probably will sleep on you and then take all the pictures, savor every moment, make sure you have your AirPods so you can listen to something. But definitely just enjoy this time because that's like the best just moment to know that like, yes, you can nap on me knowing in my mind tonight, you can be in your own bed. You can sleep by yourself. Yes. And that is just so wonderful. So yeah, I'm totally Yeah, We have that. so many parents, I feel like that will say, oh, they napped on me one time. Did I ruin everything? And we're like, no, no, not at all. Enjoy it. I would look forward to that so much or, um, you know, the different topic for a different time. But even when your child is sick or any kind of off day where you get to enjoy those snoozes on you are precious. So yeah, we never want parents to feel bad about that. No, never. And, you know, speaking of like your baby napping on you, airplane, the air that's coming out, like I love just blasting that because we know that's like really clean filtered air. So I just love to rain it down on me, but that can be freezing. But then sometimes yeah. there's this like weird moment where like you're freezing, but also you have a hot and sweaty baby that's like, you know, plastered to your skin. Yes, and this is a little heat battery. <laughs> yes. This is why I love swaddle blankets. So what I would do with the girls is I would put a swaddle blanket between my, like my skin and them. So they wouldn't be like laying on my skin and I wouldn't be like sweating, but I would have oh, them like laying on the blanket. And then I would like drape the blanket over their head and kind of like tuck it underneath my chin or something, or like in the seat, um, 
like the seat behind me, some like crevice or something, but those swaddle blankets, you're going to use those for everything. So we talked about like making sure you pack at least one, if not two, the one that they can like lay on that you can block the air from like blasting them in the face. If it's in an awkward position, you can somewhat block the light from that. Um, especially because I like to have my window open. I already mentioned like I get very easily motion sick, so I have to have my window open. But if we can shade it a little bit with the swaddle blanket, that's helpful. But it's going to double as your like tissues, as your napkins, as everything you possibly need for that baby during that flight. And then the next part that we're going to talk about is the recovery. And so obviously like that's the first thing that's going to be washed when you get to your destination. But like, trust me, no matter how old your child is, a swaddle blanket is so wonderful to have. It's like the perfect size and the perfect weight to snuggle up and get cozy on an airplane. So highly recommend that. And just honestly know that during the travel day, you're going to throw your schedule. You're going to throw your expectations of sleep out the window and you're just going to get the job done, get the travel day done and deal with the recovery next. Right. So no matter what your travel day was like when you get to where you're going, I mean, one of the first things that you always teach Becca is like set up your sleep space. Set up your sleep space. If you get there and you need to take a car ride somewhere, baby's probably going to sleep in the car. But you're going to try to jump right back into your nap schedule. So even if we've had no sleep all morning, baby needs some kind of rest, right? So try to jump right back into a nap. But if baby got a little sleep on the airplane, you're going to get to where you're going Set up your sleep space first. Try to have some kind of dark environment. Pull out that sound machine. Um, pull out the swaddle that you brought with you. If you rented your baby gear, apparently you're just set because everything's set up for you already. <laughs> that yes. is amazing. Um, and then get baby down for a nap. Or if it's close to bedtime at that point, you've had a long travel day, you might need to do an early bedtime. And then if you can recover that night, get back on track with a nap or an early bedtime, that's amazing. If not, the next morning is when you're jumping right back into your normal schedule. So we're not going to let baby like sleep in for two hours because they had a rough travel day the next day. Maybe we're sleeping in for an extra 30 minutes the next morning if that happens with your little one. But try to wake them up, get right back onto your schedule so that you can enjoy where you are, um, but have those set nap times that quicker you can get back to it. You know, I think you say allow, you know, two to three days sometimes when you're traveling to get reacclimated, but the faster you get to it, the faster you get back your schedule. Yeah. And you know, that's a whole nother podcast and blog that I know we've talked about this before is the actual like enjoying of your vacation. Uh, We understand that, you know, you're, you are flying somewhere. You're probably going to be off schedule if you're going on vacation or going to visit people or um, whatever it may be that you're flying to a destination. And we understand there will be some off days, but if you can preserve the day after travel as a recovery day, that's going to serve everybody's moods and just the rest of the trip so well. So that's a good thing to remember. And then obviously this is going to spill over into, but like, what if I'm on a different time zone? And for this, there's like a few different directions that we could go in. I don't know if you're traveling domestic or international, you're going to handle this differently, but I do want to refer you. This is a great podcast to now be a, a springboard for other episodes that we have talked about how to deal with domestic time zone changes and how to deal with international time zone changes. So scroll down in your show notes and click those um, episodes to piggyback off of this one. We really just wanted to focus on the airplane 
travel tips and hacks that our team has put together for you. But now that you're there and you're preparing for how do I even manage a schedule in a different time zone, check out those episodes that we have for you. Just again, scroll down in the show notes and you'll see we have episodes talking about domestic and international time zone and how to handle those differences. So make sure you check those out. And really above all, just enjoy your trip. When you have a baby or a toddler who knows how to sleep well, you actually can take those skills on the road. And this is so important to, or in the skies, this is so important because it doesn't matter where and, 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 you know, what part of the world you're bringing your family to sleep can still be a thing. The stressor is that if your child doesn't know how to sleep at all, like at home, they have no idea how they're supposed to fall asleep. Maybe it's on you. Maybe it's bouncing. Maybe it's in their crib. Maybe it's in your bed. If they have no expectation of how to sleep, you can't just magically take them on vacation and be like, why aren't you sleeping? It's not going to work. You have to have that solid foundation at home. And then when you travel, they are so much easier to manage. And I know I can even speak to this like, airplane trips, but also just normal, um, you know, down the road travel. Sarah and her family came to visit us last um, fall and her boys slept great up in our third floor, which is our offices, right? Like they were totally fine because they know what to do and you can bring it with you. It's amazing. Yes. We have so many families who will email us on like a daily basis and ask, we're about to go on this trip, but we have two weeks at home to sleep train. Should we just wait till we get back? And we'll say, no, sleep train and then go enjoy your trip because you're going to enjoy it so much better when your little one knows how to sleep. So if you have that two weeks, you know, three weeks for toddlers or preschoolers at home to learn how to sleep independently, to get their routines down. That's going to go so far when you are traveling. So don't think, oh, it's just going to be messed up. You can maintain those bedtime routines when you're traveling, the nap routines, um, you know, bring your stories, bring your washcloth. Even if you're not having bath time every night and bedtime routine doesn't look exactly the same, you can do some type of version to keep keep your routines consistent. Um, and then, yeah, you're able to enjoy your trip, but you're also knowing that your baby's going to sleep while you're gone and it's going to carry over when you get back home. So yes, go for it before you travel. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being here today on the Little Z Sleep Podcast. If you're looking for resources to help your family make sleep a thing and finally get the rest that you and your child both deserve, head to littlezsleep.com to find your child's sleep program and also all of our free resources from our YouTube, blog, and podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Sweet dreams. See you next time.